0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome, one, and welcome, A-double-L, to the greatest show of them eight. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 148. You can listen to us on any one of your SB Nation blog, pod, NFC East blog, podcast, networks. excuse me, or watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, where if you do, you will see myself. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. He is himself all plighted out from Bleeding Green Nation. Blee, I was going to say Blee LG. B-L-G, Brandon gotten PLG B-L-G. How
2: goes it? Doing well, other than being sick, RJ, as <clears> you can kind of hear my voice a little bit. Uh so weird, too, because it snowed here last week multiple times. So I haven't really I like gone anywhere or done anything. I've been staying inside because it's been freezing cold and snowy and icy out. And somehow I got sick by just staying inside. So not sure what that's about. But uh was excited to see the Philadelphia 76ers beat your San Antonio Spurs last night. 70 burger from Joel Embiid the best player in basketball history as evidenced by his all time leading status in points per minute. So boom.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I've talked about this game a lot today, uh, on the radio, um, as you can imagine at 94, one San Antonio sports star and nobody was really mad. Like <laughs> there's not a single Spurs fan. That's like this sucks. There's no expectations um, for the Spurs. It's the, uh, the most points that anybody's ever scored against the Spurs. Do you know who number two is? 61 was their previous high mark. I don't. It's your boy, Obi- James Harden. No. Um, yeah, James Harden is uh, one of, he's the only person to ever drop at least 50 points twice against the Spurs. Um, mm. But of anyone who's dropped 50 or more, there's only been one losing effort. And uh, one of Harden's two was, uh, was a losing effort. So um, incidentally, uh, you know. So. Um, also, this was the 14th instance in which somebody scored 70 points in a single game um in nba history um but only the ninth individual performance right. because wilt wilt was so selfish and hogged them out to himself uh six different 70 point affairs that's so ridiculous i don't what would be the football version of 70 points in a game
2: like like eight touchdowns I mean, that did happen in a game this year for what, that's the true. Dolphins, right <laughs> that's
1: um true. but from an individual basis player, like,
2: like i, I think mean, there'd the be like eight passing what, touchdowns. seven is it the record yeah, seven, seven passing touchdowns, touchdowns right um I don't know. I feel like it's and what, I think What it's did Alvin eight.
1: Kamara do on Christmas Day? It was like six rushing touchdowns or something against the Vikings. Unsure, but that sounds vaguely familiar. Wow. Um are you um are you prepared for the
2: Sixers to break your heart in the playoffs? I I came into the season, you know, with every expectation that they're not going to do anything new. It's very there's a very uh, there's a parallel there to the Dallas Cowboys in terms of being this you know good regular season team that can't even get out of the second round so uh, but at the same time knowing that is almost more freeing in a way cuz it's like I can just enjoy this like I can enjoy and be looking great and it maybe it doesn't culminate in anything at the end of the season but I mean that's a fun experience last night just like seeing like a no-hitter is or sure. a perfect game like it, it might not mean you win the World Series but it's like well that's a really cool moment in time I can always remember that night when I watched that game um,
1: you know, more of the same is a pretty big parallel for the NFC East right now. We're about to get into it, but um, you actually uh, are 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 kind of like representing something. I've I've grabbed about this before. Um, I guess, I'm assuming that's an Eagles hoodie for the uh, podcast. audience that can't see it. Is that correct, a Kelly Green Eagles jersey uh, hoodie?
2: It's a not quite an Eagles hoodie. Like it's a mix of uh, a band and the Eagles. So there's the old okay. Eagles logo on it, but it also has the band Circus Survive. Okay, so really area band, uh, a little bit co- of a combo sense. thing. But so what bothers me greatly in sports,
1: and I've told you this before, is when you have, you know, colors, you know, and your rivals of other teams have colors that you represent. So like the Kelly green you're representing is like the Boston Celtics green. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, so so like... Co- I'm. I mean, it might be a shade different, but all I'm saying is, like, if the Celtics and Sixers meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you open your closet to like get something Sixers, you see that, and you're like, Ugh, you know, you're all pissed off. No, it's stupid. It's, different. it's it's kind of like the Sixers have like some Cowboys blue going on. So when it's like Eagle season, you're like, oh, I don't like my Sixers stuff. That's like, also not
2: true. When I actually the say- stars.
1: I think that Phil. I know I, that bothers me. I mean, I'm not a hockey. Yeah, you know,
2: my hockey team is actually the Bruins. But the Phillies um, literally have like the Cowboys logo in their. logo. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like the dot I, of the eye is the more star of the Cowboys think, star.
1: Uh, the more that I think about it, I think Philadelphia sports probably has the widest range of colors as far as uh, major teams because the Flyers are e- e- even orange. Like, mm-hmm. there's no symmetry between any of the professional sports teams in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, isn't the, the, the even like the baby blue?
2: What's that? The
1: union's even like baby blue or whatever?
2: um, so. I th- that's something that's right. They're kind of like a darker blue and then like a gold kind of thing going on, and also them, this, again, the Sixers and Phillies have similar colors in terms of like red, white, blue they're they're the way they're doled out is different, but I mean, the color actually for the most part, similar um uh,
1: the d f w teams are pretty chalk i mean the mavericks are also they've got like a star thing going on sort of the rangers obviously and the rangers have the red but you know you got the royal blue and the white mavericks you got navy blue and white again pretty pretty standard but then you're right the dallas stars do just kind of ruin it you know with the the kelly green going on or whatever shade it is but we're not here to talk hockey or baseball or basketball we're here to talk football blg for the first time in a very
2: long time we have no games to recap Mm. in the nfc east um we're the only podcast about a division that would have no games to talk about (laughs) from the past weekend
1: pretty pathetic uh so the nfc east um off the board in the divisional round of the playoffs i am interested as we move along to discuss what would be the best results for the nfc east uh what what with regards to the conference championships now that we're down to the final four um but as far as you know news we have as we mentioned, more of the same. Um, So let's start with the Dallas Cowboys because they did win the NFC East. Since we last spoke, they decided to keep Mike McCarthy. Man, I was so pissed off when this happened. Like the news pissed me off, but uh, I was, my wife had a meeting and so I was putting our son to bed. And so I was busy with that. And I, you know, then, then this news happened. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even have time to like get to it right now. I don't have time to get to the thing that I don't even want to do because I'm, you know, busy. So it's just this, and then I was so looking forward to like relaxing that night, but no, of course the like Cowboys had to ruin this. But so Mike McCarthy coming back uh, the next day, McCarthy spoke and had his, uh, you know, kind of post-season press conference, which as I understand Nick Sirianni is having on Wednesday. The day this episode comes out um, had one of the just more sad lines I've ever heard a, hmm. a person have. We can get into it in a moment. Um, Jerry Jones issued a statement backing him up. Um, TLDR, we believe in what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, There's obviously not going to be a change in offensive coordinator, offensive play caller. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Cowboys are still waiting to see what will happen with Dan Quinn at the time of this recording. um, The Tennessee job, which is one of which Dan had a second interview with, uh, went to Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. He has recorded or been requested for second interviews with the Washington Commanders and, of course, the Seattle Seahawks. So anything could happen along those lines. Um, There was a report from ESPN that the Cowboys do want Dan Quinn back if he doesn't get a head coaching job, which also pisses me off. Um, So everyone is mad all the time. It has been a really, really, really dark 10 days or whatever it's been since the season ended.
2: Uh, It just hit me when we were talking about the division thing earlier that both teams remaining in each conference are from the North and the West. So, you you know, the Lions from the NFC North, the Ravens from the uh, AFC North, and then the... Chiefs AFC West and 49ers AFC West. So big, big for the Northwest contendants out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Mike McCarthy is back. Uh, I know that he's had obviously. I a tweeted about this.
1: I gave you a shout out when that happened. I said, you, you know, a good you know, thing that BLG does on the mixtape is Thank like, you. you know, not perfect. It's, it's a fallible strategy, but it's, it's got some merit to it. Uh, it's when, worth considering, when, is all yeah, I'm when, saying. <laughs> when, when something happens, how do your rivals feel?
2: Um right. Now, that you can take be mis- that into consideration. You shouldn't base your decision only off of that, but you should consider it.
1: That can be misguided. Um, As an example, I think in the past, your feelings about Dak Prescott have been born out of irrational thoughts mm. and processes. But whatever. Uh, but with regards with regards to this, that. it wasn't even just rivals. There was I mean, maybe a handful of people who were, you know, of the mindset that this was the right thing to do um now i do think the cowboys are kind of stuck and we can get into that but uh, i'm sorry continue the general thoughts on mccarthy returning
2: yeah uh so it's not as one note as like oh he's back it's he sucks the cowboys are not gonna have any success in the regular season next year obviously no one's saying that but it's it comes down to you can set your watch to playoff disappointment like you're fully expecting that the way we phrase things a lot i feel like you and i especially me i'll speak for myself at the very least is that benefit of the doubt and do you deserve that or not and obviously Mike McCarthy deserves none of that at all when it comes to the postseason so uh, I am definitely glad they are maintaining status quo because as we talked about even before the decision was made to bring him back it scared me more that they could hire someone and something could be different they would change the equation there I know the Cowboys have had that regular season success. I truly believe that sometimes teams do get unlucky. Look at the Eagles in the early two thousands. Like that was that was kind of like an un. That's Football Outsiders has written about this in the past, where like they were like the most successful football team in a stretch of a given time to never win a championship, something to, of that effect. Well, then, like the Niners
1: are, are flirting with that right now. Exactly. But, the Saints
2: yeah. had that for a little bit. That happened. So part of that is it. It just happens. The Bills, obviously, there's just right. some level of like you know 70s vikings yeah yeah i'm with you dynasties that weren't for sure at the same time uh there's real concerns it's not just like well the cowboys lost on a fluke field goal this year like no they they no showed in the division in the wild card round against the seven seed that never like that's a really damning end of the season for them and it certainly raises questions about what they can do and same thing this is all tied together too when it comes to dak and extending him and having a quarterback who has one of the worst winning percentages in the playoffs um so you know, it kind of just makes you feel like I feel like if you're a cowboy saying that, you know, we have this level, we have this floor, which is nice, but at some point when that floor isn't too much different than the ceiling, then that's pretty frustrating. So a lot has happened even since
1: the you know decision to make you know to bring McCarthy back was made. Um the The way the Packers played on Saturday night in San Francisco elicited some complicated feelings for Dallas Cowboys fans. I wrote about this and I've talked about this. Um, and it depends on some what on your viewpoint in life. Um, you know, you can look at this and say like, wow, the Packers kind of held their own. I'm a little bit less mad. I'm, a, you know, I'm a little bit more, I say more understanding, but like clearly this was not just some like, you know, it's not this, the way it's not a seven seed the way the Steelers were on the AFC side of things this year. Right. Is that fair to say? Um, the the other, you know, perspective is man, the Niners look really beatable. You know what I mean? Like you you if you had gotten there, like, you know, this looks like a team that can be had. So like it makes it all the more frustrating that you couldn't do that. So um in addition to all that, Mike McCarthy spoke, as I mentioned, and man, serious shout out to friend of Blog and the Boys, uh, Jane Slater. Um, she asked him straight up, asked McCarthy, like, why should fans be excited for you to come back this season? And like, yeah. again, like serious props for asking that question. And, um, and I want to be very clear in saying that there is not a good answer to that. That's why it's such a great question. Um, n- Nothing McCarthy could have said would have made me feel better if, if I'm being straight up. So I don't mean to just dunk on the answer because I would have dunked on anything. But he's you know and he said like hey I believe you know we've built something he said we've built a championship culture without the championship uh which is, is silly uh, well I mean he said without the Super Bowl championship like they have you know technically it's an NFC's championship come on culture. come on uh, but That's but then neat. at the end I mean he he stood up for his his staff and his his guys he said you know I I believe in you know I believe in us and he said buy into us and I think you know we're no. all just so Well, I mean, we're all just so tired of hearing that, you know, like if the Lions are to fall short in the title game and even if they get waxed, you know, and Dan Campbell goes to the podium after and says, you know, buy into us. Every Lions fan is like lining up. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's so hard to buy into you when you just you you didn't just fold. But I mean, you folded in this like insanely pathetic fashion. And so not nothing's really changed i mean n- nothing has changed at all in the time being except for they're waiting on dan quinn which you know i'm not going to accuse them of doing nothing in in terms of things that are, aren't reported but what what if dan quinn takes to the weekend you know and gets a job now you've lost two whole weeks you know what i mean on on time you could that could have been spent finding a defensive coordinator um and so this this truly I think people overuse the, like, this is the definition of insanity. I think people overuse that trope a lot, but this is, is bordering on that. Like they're just running it back. They're not changing a single thing in terms of cornerstone foundational principles.
2: Yeah. I was trying to think about like, what changes the calculus here for the Cowboys going forward? Because like, it can't be just like, oh, they're healthier because they were healthy in the playoffs this year. They had no one on their final injury report going into the Packers game. Uh, other than Cooper Rush, who was, like, questionable with an illness or whatever. Right. Um, Dak and had a more, great more year in terms of, like, among where it looks at compared to other, like, years of his career. And Dak, I would say, CD. I mean, yeah. Like, and ev- got- everybody... Everybody and, but played, like Tyron
1: Tyron like, played a lot of games, like to your point,
2: like fate right. smiled
1: upon them in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, they weren't really, I, don't know, I think they were had one of their healthy years, it seemed like from afar in general. I know they had, in, obviously every team has injuries, but relative to other years, I don't think they had like this crippling, devastating injury, like usually the Tyron injury is each ha- year. Kayvon
1: Diggs is is the
2: one that's that fair, but then that. again, yeah. But then you had John Blank come out of nowhere and like be awesome to help supplant that. So you had a you like, had a rookie
1: All Pro kicker
2: like <laughs> like un, yeah, an undrafted a who didn't miss a field goal until what the Packers game or whatever. No, it was week eighteen. It was week whatever. The well, like, yeah, whole season was, almost. Yeah, basically. Like so, that's my point. Is just like, and again, the Dak thing. It, this isn't like the twenty you know, going into this year, you and I were both like, he's going to have a better year, at least from an interception standpoint, just because he had bad luck. He's not going to throw as many. You just look at his career. That was the, uh, an abnormal, um, that was the aberration, the 2022 season. But like this year, I'm not saying he only had good luck, but he definitely got the bounce back of that good luck. And now he might have some worse luck again next year, maybe not to that same degree in 2022, but worse than this season. So, and also like you know a big problem with the cowboys i think was their resume they beat the crap out of bad teams that's great that's cool you need to do that. that's what great teams do you beat the crap out of bad teams but you can't do that and then go up against like goodish teams like the the, the more you know the higher standard of competition and i mean you got waxed by the 49ers you got lost to the bills you got waxed by them too um lost to the dolphins who weren't even that good it turns out in the end lost, uh, of the, lost to the eagles right before the collapse began Lost the Eagles before the collapse and then beat them. Um like that's that's the like, so yeah, what are the wins you're hanging your hat on from this past season? Well, I think on the surface you would say the
1: Lions win. But even that obviously comes with some discussion and <laughs> yes. some you know debate. Um other than that, I mean
2: you know the Second the... Eagles game, but again, second Eagles game's impressive Eagles team became it was and it wasn't at I the think... same time.
1: The Rams game, but even then, you could kind of be like, "Well, Stafford left the game, you know, did injury." Um That was a different
2: version of the Rams. The right. Eagles beat that same Rams team. And the that Seahawks. Was a different version. The, the, the
1: Seahawks is probably the win because that was pretty good. G- Gino was amazing but in that game. A team that and didn't even you,
2: make the playoffs. I mean, I'm well. You answer, you asked the question, but so it is I really. Agree. I'm not saying they deserve zero credit. I'm just saying, like, what is that signature win of the season?
1: It feels so like it, this is the longest Dallas Cowboys offseason I've ever lived, and we're on like day ten. Wow. Like I'm saying, like it, it is. And last week, there was all this, like, you know, drama between Cowboys family members all over the Internet. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it it does feel like you like the you know, like you look out the window and like the clouds are black. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and like the wind is picking up like that. That's how this is really kind of starting to feel. Um, and and I don't know what the solution to that is. I mean, we're <clears throat> we're two weeks away from you know the week leading up to the super bowl so i don't know which cowboys are going to do the car wash and what we're going to hear from them you know what i mean and you know because they all generally tend to do it and so i mean that that will stir the pot a little bit dan Quinn will probably i do you think dan Quinn gets one of the remaining head coaching jobs
2: because i don't. the seahawks one is the one you know i'm i'm like i would watch the most i'm mean, that's not saying anything sure. that anyone else isn't thinking but that's the one to me to watch the most i just but don't even think that, it happens. like i know you're frustrated with dan Quinn, but like the way the cowboys defense played the past two years there's a lot of room to go down well they were they awful this perfect. past
1: year i mean like again the first two years were amazing This really the second half of this whole season and you know check any podcast you want i've been saying that for a long time um sort of speaks to how they really failed i mean uh bgn alum benjamin solak put out a tweet that mm. like got all over the place where he was just dragging dan quinn and so it's it's really difficult to see how this could end well. It's a contract year from Mike McCarthy. They're not going to be extending him. And like there's like you can say, like, oh, that's like not a big deal, whatever. I'm not saying it's a massive deal, but it's not a zero deal. I mean, and like I wrote something about this. This is the third time in a row that that J. Jones is going to send his coach into a contract year. Yeah. Um, now we'll see what they do with Dak Prescott. We can get to that in a second, but the last time I don't know that this got enough like discussion at the time. In 2019, they literally sent their head coach and their quarterback both into contract years. That's crazy. Like, when you think about that, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you believe in either one of them, that's actually like a fundamentally stupid thing to do. Now, granted, um, it was the final year of Dak's fourth-round rookie contract. So, you know, it's a a bit unique in that respect. Um, But still, in... Obviously Garrett failed and the whole franchise failed and they had to bring in Mike McCarthy five years before that they sent Garrett into a contract year, and he went 12 and four and it was awesome and Des caught it and all that stuff but Mm. the coach before Garrett was Wade Phillips who didn't even get to see out his contract because Jerry fired him midseason incidentally after a loss to Mike McCarthy. Of all people remember that the the last time that Jerry Jones fired a head coach at the end of a season. So like did a assessment on what happened, which I think I know I'm I'm really narrowing, you know, the parameters here to prove my point. But I do think that there's there's value in that and saying, okay, this is what you did this season. It clearly wasn't enough. Something has to be different. It was over 20 years ago when he got rid of Dave Campo. Now there's some, you know, discussion about Bill Parcells and how they were kind of structuring things, but whatever. I mean, my point is, that's been a very, very, very long time. It's such a passive way of going about this. And it it looks like you just don't care. I mean, you you either don't care or you're misplacing faith and belief in in
2: the wrong people. I'm trying to think about, you know, again, what, you can do differently, how you can change the calculus. And I think one thing that I saw in vlogging the boys that you had written about in terms of Jerry Jones being so passive was the word that was used to describe him. Peter King destroyed him this weekend from Mont Morgan America for that. Um, so and that was his word. Yeah. And I do think there's some truth to I think the Cowboys have been too risk averse. And I think they need to take some bigger swings mean what you spent a first round pick on mozzie smith this past year what if you use that pick to trade for i don't know like i'm probably needed to give up more but stefan diggs or whoever i know you got brandon cooks but still like my point is or it doesn't have to be a wide receiver it could be a different position like but you have this window and quite literally like you know going into the contract year mccarthy um big decision to make on dax contract like don't know you don't need to half measure you don't need to worry about the next iteration of the cowboys this is your window focus on this and if it means borrowing from the future and you're in a worse spot in the future live with that because like well, what's the worst that can happen you're not going to win the champions you're not going to advance the nfc championship a game anyway so i think they can afford to take some bigger swings now i say that and like it's not like the cowboys lost to the packers because the packers were just simply way more talented and the cowboys didn't have enough playmakers that wasn't the issue the playmakers didn't make plays and the coaching staff certainly didn't have them ready to play. So uh, I say that thinking that, you know, that could help, but it only goes to so far.
1: So, last thing um, Jason Fitzgerald wrote about something at overthecap.com that everybody should read. And I uh, referenced in something I wrote at blog of the Voice that. That, that just came out actually while you and I um, are talking here. And he laid out, like, all possible options with Dak. Like, if you want to cut Dak. Like, I mean, some of these options are ridiculous. But you know what I mean? Like, just so you're aware of the, like, just ramifications. At literally at the every
2: point. option, yeah.
1: Right. And the one he laid out that I like the most. Uh, because while I believe in Dak, the timing of everything now forces you to ask some questions. Like, you, you have to be willing to say, okay, the timing of Dak may not be what works for the future of this team. And that you just have to live with that, like you said. And so the, the plan that I like the most is to not extend Dak and to restructure and and to be clear i'm 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 if they extend dak i'm completely at peace with this but if you're going to do that you have to do it asap because you have to establish that relief as soon as possible if you really believe that dak is the future you want him around for 2025 and beyond then get that extension done now like don't wait around don't drag your feet don't do this don't do that don't make it more difficult for him and your team to win so that would be my argument for if you're going to extend him do it as soon as possible but if you're not then just restructure him, just restructure him. And like you said, kick some of this can down the road and give yourself some salary cap relief for the here and now. And he's in a contract year. McCarthy's in a contract year. You use that relief to go all in, so to speak. I hate that terminology, but you do it. And if it works out, awesome. You won the Super Bowl and you deal with the consequences and you figure things out right. and you pay all, everybody all the money in the world. And if it doesn't work out, hey, man, we all tried. Let's just shake hands and go right. our separate ways.
2: Yeah, I think that's where it's at.
1: The Philadelphia Eagles despite the fact that Brian Johnson has known Jalen Hurts dating all the way back to high school, which we had shoved down our throats last year they will not be retaining him. In fact, Brandon, the Eagles will not be retaining anybody in terms of mm. coordinators on their team. And that's a, a weird way to put that because you kind of have to. Brian Johnson out on the offensive side of the ball, Sean Desai out on the defensive side of the ball, Matt Patricia out uh, in terms of his level of participation, however you want to qualify that. So for the second time in as many years, head coach Nick Sirianni will be looking for two new coordinators on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty frustrated that yeah. Nick Sirianni's back because I just don't understand what about the head coach that you really liked that you have to keep. And it's simply the coordinators who were to blame. Obviously you had to make a change at defensive coordinator, especially with how they handled the situation. Even if Sean DeSai was awesome. I mean, he's not going to want to come back and you weren't going back to that. Um So that, you know, that part makes sense, but man, I've very much been on, I've called it Brian Johnson Island all year because I think it just became for me, my perspective on it too much just anything went wrong brian johnson's fault anything with the offense is wrong it's just brian johnson and to me and i was saying this early in the year too it's like well at the end of the day it's nick sirianni's offense now people might be like well then why was shane steichen awesome last year i think part of the problem is that by nick sirianni's own admission i don't remember if you saw this quote or we referenced it from last week Did you see this quote that i had put out about how uh sirianni basically said prior to oh yeah 23 yeah yeah 23 it was season, like a, the older quote yeah i saw this it was go, go, like continue. in not so many words it was like we're not going to really focus on innovation as much as we just want to do what we do well and maybe kind of like tweak that a little bit which is <laughs> not i can't believe like that's a real quote that exists because that's exactly what happened it looked like a team that wasn't doing anything new and everyone caught up to it and figured it out so then at that point i just think everyone says play calling like the play calling suck the play calling suck I'm not going to sit here and say the play calling. I emphasize that word calling was awesome. But the the play design, the play scheming was terrible. The menu that Brian Johnson had to pick from was not good. So how was it supposed to be a good dish for you to eat when the menu sucks? The menu is just, it's garbage. So I don't really know what he was supposed to do. Now, I think it's fair to say that you should remove him because there clearly was something wrong from the operation between Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying that J- Brian Johnson is definitely part of the solution. He might stink. I don't really know. I think that's hard to parse, but that's the point. I don't really know. Whereas I am pretty confident that Nick Sirianni is not leading this team in the right direction with the kind of performance he had last year. And it just seems very naive to me that, Oh, you bring in two co- new coordinators and that fixes everything. And it's just like, what's he here for then? If Nick Sirianni can only be good if he's lifted up by two great coordinators, then what is he doing? What is he bring to the table? That's the that's the whole crux of the Sirianni thing. No one can say what they like about that he brings to the table other than, we'll look at his record. Okay, but what <laughs> has he specifically done that you think contributes to winning that you like? No one can answer I, that question. So... I raised
1: that question first around these parts. So, you know, pat on the back for me, but I think well, the I would answer say at
2: the time, the answer was the culture stuff, but then well, that, that fell no, through. So no, now but that's to
1: answer your question, I, I think, and the way you always answered it when I would ask it is the aggression, right? Like, it, like, and that was, you said, like, I would always, I'll always take the coach that leans that way that that goes for sure. it. goes for a go for it. And we saw even that, you know, disposition, wither and fade as as the collapse wore on and on and on now there could be a million reasons for that and I'm in no way trying to like take smoke off of Sirianni but it could be like a lack of faith in Brian Johnson or a lack of faith in Jalen Hurts or whatever um to stick with your sort of restaurant analogy if uh Nick Sirianni is like the manager and the person who's like in charge of like ordering different ingredients whatever and Brian Johnson is like the um uh whatever carmy's cousin plays like like whatever his role is in the bear have you seen the bear that's a that's a no. B.L.T. show
2: i would that's say a, oh,
1: you would love this show. I,
2: i've thought about it i'm not
1: there yet but, um i mean brian Johnson's the chef right no i think nick i'm sorry i think jalen hurts is the chef that's what i'm mm. saying i think i think nick Sirian is like the buyer you know what i mean like the person who's in charge like everything yeah, I mean, the ingredients are expired <laughs> i know and and so i think um I, the host is not the the proper term again. If for anyone who's who's seen the bear, I'm talking about Carmi's cousin and and what he winds up jumping to do, uh, but Jalen is clearly the person that has to like make the food, right? Like, there's no question about this. And so, while I agree that, like, it's very fair, like, because it's not just, like, the ingredients are expired, but it's also, like, the sanitation of the place is a little bit in question now. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's some weird, like, now now people are complaining about the parking issues outside, mm. you know? Like, like Sirianni's just kind of let the place go a little bit, and so it's hard for somebody to kind of thrive in there and then on top of that or beneath all of that i guess jalen hurts then has to cook you know like and that he he delivers the product that everybody ultimately tastes um now i say all that to also say you can't take you know i know you're not but all blame off of jalen hurts and that's where the um the take because i see that all the time too is like oh the plays suck it's like okay like do you just think that like jalen is like you know, the the magic plays will come in and Jalen will be awesome again. Like, like is, right. is that like the, the solution that, that is being proposed here? Um, also, this may have been a poorly aggregated thing, which is why I wanted to wait and ask you here. I saw something somewhere last week about how Jalen had reportedly lost trust in Brian Johnson as the season wore on and was freelancing a little bit. Um, if there's any truth to that, then we gotta blame Jalen for some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like the, if it's Jalen freelancing, then guess who else was like fine or shopping for the
2: like expired ingredients? That involves Jalen Hurts. But why at the same time, why is the quarterback thinking he can do that, especially in key moments? That's like a great Seahawks question, one, too. That's a that's, great question. That's why again I brought this up. I've, I don't know if it was here or BGN radio, but like everyone's reaction to AJ Brown taking accountability for um him and Jalen, whatever changing the play at the end of that Seahawks game. Like everyone's like, oh, cool! It's a cool thing, nice thing of AG to do to defend Nick. Like, okay, sure, but why is in Nick's system? Why is Nick allowing the players to ever do that? Like, that should never be, especially in a circumstance where it was a highly situational football thing. Like, this to is not point. the time to audible the time. This is the time to. There's times to yeah audible and make a play at a point in the game. I'm, you know, there's room for that at some level. I'm not saying it should never be there, but it can't be when you need to do this very specific thing and set up a field goal at the end of the game to at least tie it and send it to overtime. Anyway, uh, there was Wait, a big. Well, just, I'm sorry, quickly to that point because this kind of fell through the cracks in
1: terms of things we discussed because it was the final week of the regular season. But the like NFL world killed um, the Saints players for going rogue on Dennis Allen with uh, the funny play against the Falcons and like mm-hmm. whatever about the you know, however you feel about it. But like it is a fair point to say like. Well, what does it say about Dennis Allen <laughs> that they feel comfortable, you know, defying? And that, that's an outright, you know, defying him like, hey, do this. They're like, oh, no, we're going to do this instead. And everybody right. properly dragged Dennis Allen for like, they clearly don't respect you. So to your point, if that's true, then it's very mm-hmm. clear and obvious that Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni, maybe even both have some level of not full respect coming from Eagles offensive players that they can freelance in general, let alone win the game and the season around on the line.
2: There's an uh, interesting article, I will say, from BGN's own Joe Santo Liquido up on Bleeding Green Nation, which is about like 4,000 words. It's a long one. Oh, my gosh. That covers uh, some interesting things with Jalen Hurts and how some of his teammates felt like, and this isn't the first time we've heard this, not the best leader this season. You feel like he changed a little bit after the contract. So, And it was very clear in that story or at least some players made that clear. They didn't feel like it was the exact same thing as Carson Wentz, but it was closer to that than probably anyone would comfortable uh with it being. So, you know, I think that's that's that is part of it. Hurts is absolutely part of it. But again, he is not the first thing to change. I would like to see him with different coaching and then if the problems exist, then yeah, that's the point where you're like, okay, the quarterback is really a part of this problem in a big way, but it's not the place to start. So, we will see uh, who they hire at coordinator? There hasn't really been a lot of off- offensive coordinator buzz yet. There was a mention of Jim oh. Bob Cooter, but uh, that came Let's out talk today. about the, the well, defensive that, coordinator. I know we're <laughs> going to get to that. I'm setting that up. Uh, oh, but, but before we do,
1: tease it and then let's take a break.
2: Okay. Really? We're going to break halfway through the Eagle segment.
1: Yeah. um uh, Say okay, Joel Embiid, well, and, and then we'll take a break.
2: We're going to take a break after watching some highlights from Joel Embiid.
1: welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me what your favorite thing to drink out of a styrofoam cup is.
2: I mean, I'm not a big styrofoam guy. Bad for the environment, you know? Uh, Styrofoam cup. I mean, I guess like a coffee is a basic answer, right? I don't think I drink coffee out of a styrofoam cup, but if I was going to drink something out of one, that's what I'm that's coming to mind. You know what I I think is a money making idea? Feel free to use this Dunkin Donuts. I wish Dunkin Donuts partnered with like Campbell's soup and offered like drinkable soup, like soup on the go. I think think Campbell's
1: Campbell's has that like they have like tomato soups that are like they look like soda cans,
2: right? But they should have that at like a a Dunkin Donuts is what I'm saying. Like maybe you're feeling sick like I am and I just really would love just like a chicken noodle soup, but in like Um... a, a cup like a, While like we're proposing
1: quirky things, have I ever told you about my um my ranch dressing um container idea? No. So I eat Maybe. a lot of wings. I, I'm sure you do too. Um what what really grinds on my gears is and I'm uh are you I know that uh Rachelle asked Jalen Hurts this. Are you team flats or drums?
2: I'm definitely more of a flats than a drums guy. Me too.
1: Okay, so respect. I don't remember what Jalen said, but um he's also I think a flats guy. Good I one of the few decisions he made correctly in recent memory. But anyway, uh, so my like qualm is any general you know uh, cup that you get, whether you're ranch or blue cheese or if you're a weirdo and you go and ketchup or whatever, um, is round, and so you can't like get mm. the whole wing in there. You know what I'm saying? So like, what I propose is a rectangular you know cup or, or you know sauce holding thing. <laughs> And you can kind of just rotate it in and that way you can get all of the wing properly Mm. covered.
2: You're not one of these people who does like where they kind of like fold the wing or they like, you know, push the meat down or whatever. I don't have time
1: for this. I also don't want to like get the cup and then like drizzle it, you know, and like dress the wing. That's too much. I want to dip over and over and over again. But like I'm losing there's so much surface area on the Mm. wing that I can't get sauced or ranched because of the shape of the container
2: i'm actually not the biggest wings guy in terms of frequency uh every once in a while i don't love like the bones i'm just i'm a lazy eater i don't want to when i want to eat i don't want to do more work that's not what i like like seafood like you're like the lobster or whatever crabs you're like breaking things and like extracting your i don't want to do that i'm I'm sitting down i want to eat i'm hungry right now i don't want to have to do more work like i don't want to further uh, prepare the food i have going on are you a crawfish person? Uh, not really.
1: See, like that's no. a food that I think that maybe if you gave it some time, you would learn because it's really all about the vibe. Like, and that's why I think you would like it. It's about the vibe and the people and the experience. And you know, you get some good crawfish with like the right kind of cold beer. Oh man, like what a great spring day that is. Um, okay. Jalen Hurts
2: is an all flats guy. Thank with goodness. Is gonna sauces. have these be... Caribbean like a Caribbean jerk. He does a hot wing and he does a lemon pepper wing as well. All right. I'm cool with that. I can Uh, rock with that. Eagles offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter was thrown out there, but according to more new reporting from Jeff McLean of the Inquirer, it sounds like that's not a top candidate as much as he's just kind of a name in the mix at a lesser. Tell tell
1: us who's in the mix for defensive coordinator. Brandon. Likelihood.
2: So we don't know on the offensive coordinator side as we're recording this and as I have not checked Twitter in about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Um, <clears throat> defensive coordinator. There's only really one candidate that has emerged so far tell for sure. Us,
1: tell because, us, tell us, tell us, uh, tell us.
2: Hold on, because I just wanted to point of clarity here. It was reported that the Eagles are gonna interview Mike Caldwell, who was Doug Peterson's defensive coordinator with the Jags and a former Eagles player, Eagles assistant. And but the 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 reporting was confusing because Jeremy Fowler put the Eagles are planning to interview Mike Caldwell. They need a new defensive coordinator, but he didn't necessarily say explicitly that he's interviewing for the defensive coordinator job. I think it's more likely that he would be like a linebackers coach.
1: Anyway, I'm having a very difficult time suppressing my excitement. So please go
2: ahead. That RJ wants me to get to is Ron Rivera, the best coach in the division. (laughs) With the combination, no, Uh, I think this is less of a laughable idea than you do when it comes to, I look, I don't think Ron, Rivera, Ron Rivera is not my preference for defensive so you, coordinator. For you the think Eagles? it
1: is a laughable idea? Like, it's on the laughable scale for you, just maybe not as
2: far as it is. I think it's me. laughable. I just think it's whatever. I don't think it's the most inspiring idea. I see the logic from a standpoint of, they clearly are going to go and want to go with a more experienced defensive coordinator when they seem to think a lot of the issues they had last year were that they had a first time, well, not, it was a second time, Sean decided a second time defensive coordinator, didn't have a lot of experience, and they felt the need to have Patricia in the building who had experience as a defensive coordinator to like hold his hand or to really eventually overtake his job. Right. So it's not surprising to me. They'd go down the, the veteran route, and I like that conceptually. I think there's merit to that, uh, adding someone there. Because also it's clear that at some level, and this the the reporting again from Joe Santa Liquido touches on this in the article on Bleeding Green Nation, that uh, it seemed like Sirianni was kind of, he felt like the need to have his hand in the defense probably a little bit more than he should have there. He didn't fully trust Sean Desai on that side of the ball. Whereas if you bring in a veteran coach who's done this before, you can just be like, okay, I trust that guy. He knows what he's doing. I'm not even going to meddle too much there. So I like what that represents. Now, Ron Rivera hasn't been a defensive coordinator since 2010, so I don't really know how to gauge him in that role. You hate so, this idea. Oh, I love this idea! Like back to the no, like, I mean fielding. like as on its own merit, not because you like the Cowboys and you hate the Eagles.
1: Oh, like if if you're asking me like to evaluate it, like how if it can yeah. yield good, I think this is a horrible idea. Now Why? to be clear, so I have two primary thoughts um, beyond what you've offered. One is it seems pretty obvious that in addition to wanting an experienced defensive mind or somebody who's done this before, it kind of seems obvious they want somebody who can, I don't say babysit Sirianni, but somebody who can kind of be like, dude, that's, you know, let's be a little bit more professional. You know what I mean? Like if he mm-hmm. hasn't been humbled enough through, you know, the course of the last two months. Um, so maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I was trying to think about this from Ron Rivera's perspective, because it's mm-hmm. really rare. And I brought this up on Monday football Monday with Mark Schofield and JP Acosta. And I asked them, I said, you know, it was the last time somebody like was this like long of a tenured head coach and went back to being a coordinator because the only one I can think of is Jason Garrett. And it was so awkward that when Garrett went to be the coordinator, not because he was a great head coach, but just because he'd been one for so long. And I didn't think that Mark and JP were going to be able to come up with answers right away, but they both did. Um, they both kind of settled on Wade Phillips, which is a good example. But Wade had kind of just turned into like this mercenary defensive coordinator of sorts. Um, especially after, you know, joining up with the Rams and everything like that. But I mean, I, I brought up Gary Kubiak, um, you know, which I guess is, is an example. But I was then kind of trying to unpack that. And I was thinking this kind of makes sense from Ron's perspective. Like if he really still just wants to coach, he's probably sick of anything having to do with being the head coach because of, you know, obvious reasons in terms of everything that happened in Washington. I think we would both give anyone would give him a pass for dealing with everything he had to, you know, off the field in terms of things he had to be involved with just by being the head coach of the team. So I kind of get that. Like he just wants to get back to ball. But again, I mean, their defenses have been horrible. And I saw you tweet about this. Two of the like better Eagles offensive performances this season came against Ron Rivera and the Cowboys have lit up that team. And if you know, I'm, I know the Cowboys live rent-free in your minds, but you do have to build your team to win your division first and foremost. So, like, why would you want the dude who, like, again, I know you don't like technologists, but Dak Prescott has dominated the, the Eagles and the rest of the NFC East, and Ron Rivera has had a big hand in that. So, like, why would you want the dude who doesn't know how to solve the biggest issue you have in terms of winning the division? Well,
2: I don't want him. And to be fair... I know, not you
1: specifically. Why would anybody yeah. want That's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous idea. So I don't I know exactly...
2: How to parse the defense because obviously Jack Del Rio was the defensive coordinator. Um, parse getting a lot of work today on today's episode. That word I feel like Rod Rivera has some level considering his background there. Can't be like he's not involved at all, so I don't know exactly what to make of that. I think it was kind of, if you look at his track record, and I have this on the article on Bleeding Your Nation in terms of the opponent yards per play and opponent yards per uh, points per game each season, it's kind of a mixed bag. There have been some good defenses, There even in Washington. There were some really good defenses in there. So I don't know what to totally make of that. I think this is the vision. The vision is that it's what I said earlier in terms of experienced coordinator. And it's about, it's not about we're trying to be And look, again, I'm not saying this is the best strategy. I'm saying I think this is their strategy. It's not like we don't necessarily need to be the best defense in the league. We're just aiming for competency. We don't care about variance as much as we just want to raise the floor of this defense. And I think there's a case to be made that bringing in Renan Rivera could raise the floor of the Eagles defense from last year. Sure. I don't um, think
1: it's, there's much required to raise the floor, though. You know what I mean? Like, Ron Rivera isn't the, like, floor raiser. Any, like, any human being almost is. is the floor I think that's raiser.
2: what he brought to Washington in large part. He raised their floor. He absolutely did, for the most part. I mean, not to this level of great success, but it was from better than what it was before, where they were, like, totally just scraping the bottom of the barrel every single year. So looking
1: at, I want to look at this now, um, defensive DVOA which FTN fantasy has dating back to 2021. Um, so this past year, defensively, Washington was, and again, you're right, like Jack D'Orio, obviously part of that, 31st overall. My goodness gracious. Um, they were in and 2000. in fairness
2: to him, you know, they did trade two of their best pass rushers in the middle of the season, which they should have, but it doesn't help him.
1: Now, in 2022, they were 10th. Um, so, you know, there's that. And 2021... They were 27th. So you're talking about bottom five defenses in two of the last three years. That's the dude who you want. And that's literally the second to last, you know, one last year.
2: Um, yeah. So um, not the most inspiring name to me, but I think the right kind of mold conceptually, I would I think Leslie Frazier is the name who makes a lot of sense. He's out there. I think yeah, that's he's the kind of mold. he's got
1: some um, some who's the Rabitas? example I'm thinking of. I I'm I'm trying to think of like who he some Jim Schwartz kind of vibes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just that, like that's the you know, if it, it feels like that guy in my who mind. Who's
2: not made to be a head coach but is right. a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah. And also um, that's another benefit in theory of like that hiring that kind of guy as opposed to worrying about hiring the this is a little silly to me because you shouldn't hire a coach because you think they're gonna be too good. But the problem is if you go the younger route and it's this innovative up-and-comer guy, then you lose that person as opposed to you don't if you can if you feel like you can kind of I know this might work out differently with the Cowboys and Dan Quinn and everything but if you feel like you can kind of just get that former failed head coach in there who gives you more stability over the long term I do think that's another point in the pro column
1: um Ron Rivera has the makings of like interim Eagles head coach from like November 14th on in 2024 after Nick Sirianni's possibly that's not Um, why i wouldn't
2: hire him though no i agree with you i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't have brought back nick sirianni so it's all kind of uh it's um not ideal
1: i'm so mad at this division because a year ago well not not quite literally but you know a little after the super bowl dust had settled it was just this argument of like no my team's better no my team's better you know like no we have the best this no we have the best this And now it's just like, we both suck. Like, I hate you more. (laughs) And so, like, I want to say you suck more. But, like, I hate my team so much that I don't know that I think anyone sucks more than them. So, like, I hate that the division really just took away so much
2: juice for the entire the team opposite. with the most. I think you can argue the teams with the most, like, optimistic outlook are in, like, reverse division order. I think you can say I think you can say well, that. Not that get, it should be, but I think how they're feeling, actually.
1: It's, it's because they've already been through, you know, the gamut and they're closer to what feels like the other side. Um, do we have any news on the Giants? I don't think there's anything like right they're now still looking
2: for a defensive coordinator. We don't really have and any. Wink kind Martindale
1: of... doesn't have a new home, to your point quite
2: yeah the eagles were mentioned as a possible landing spot for him i don't think that's likely and they didn't actually there's no word of them interviewing him as much as just they kind of you know on their radar nebulous but i have not seen anything uh new from bigblueview.com other than you know the big topics there kind of being like what do they do with saquon barkley do they you know do they extend him where
1: do we think saquon like what's the best destination for saquon or what's what's the like the one that we're missing the right. Eagles. <laughs> I well so a lot of Cowboys fans are like man if we sign Derrick Henry like I'll remotely start to believe again. I would not what? be opposed. What? Well, I mean like that's not the right way to put it. Like a lot of Cowboys fans are like that's that will help. Answer? No no, that will help me feel something. You know what I mean? That will help me feel just some semblance of joy. You know what I mean? And that would be a little bit, you know, a sh- depending on anything else but like a shred of going mm. all in so to speak. But like if the Cowboys signed Derrick Henry or Saquon, I mean, I'd be again Relative to what that was, kind of excited. It'd be fun.
2: Chiefs. Oh
1: man. Chiefs, Bills makes a lot of sense too. Um Bengals if they
2: move on from Joe Mixon. Um, uh,
1: he kind of seems like a
2: Steeler too. I was gonna say Steeler, but I yeah. I guess I don't know. I think they're not gonna go that route. Um,
1: okay, so nothing really there on the Giants, still nothing on the commanders. Um head uh coach search though, still underway um well actually i guess we should mention um now that the lions have reached the nfc championship game the are com- are you
2: laughing at this or something else? I'm, I'm i just thought of i think the chargers are a really good fit for saquon because it's just so theoretical oh yeah <laughs> and not actual anyway, i don't think that's as, uh, i don't think that's as funny as you thought it was in your head but it made me good it seems like the perfect fit This this
1: theoretically <laughs> awesome thing um the command, the Washington franchise and the Lions met in the 1991 yes. NFC Championship game, and Washington won it and then beat the Bills um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, but the Lions are back in the title game for the first time since, obviously. Yep. Um, so now Washington outright holds the longest drought for NFC Championship game appearances. The Dallas Cowboys right on their heels, though. So Washington last went in 1991, Dallas in 1995. Do you know the next team and the year? we're talking about so like in terms of like most you know the third longest drought in the nfc in terms of conference championship game appearances
2: uh well the commanders so so
1: washington's one appearance 1991 dallas is two appearance 1995 who's three can you guess the team or the year i'll take either one Mm,
2: i don't know want to offer a guess i can't think who would it be the chicago Bears. Oh. Are that
1: team, Duh. and their their last appearance was 2010. So since 2010, every mm. team except for Washington and Dallas have made it to the con, at least appeared in the conference championship game. Um, and in fact, yes. uh, well, I mean, um, it's a tough scene. It's a real tough. But anyway, uh, Very Washington's still without a head coach. Um, I, I mean this this feels like Ben Johnson. Like it's starting to you know, we're just the, kind of. <sighs>
2: We're just kind of waiting for him to be available the Super Bowl. And then it'll be like, we got the Super Bowl winning quarterback or coordinator from, you know, and then the Lions take a step back next year. And then, you know, the commanders take this big step forward with uh, Drake May or whoever they get and Ben Johnson. Let's
1: play this out. So the commonly uh, mocked player to Washington right now is Drake May, obviously, right? Like, because Caleb Williams goes one in most mocks. Mm -hmm. Um, Say it has been so right. As it stands here today, on a one to 10 scale, 10, holy crap, one, pff, how afraid of you are the, like, how afraid are you of the commanders? I would say I'm at like a, a four or five
2: right now. Out of 10? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of theoretical there. So, but right now, right now, how, are you at? Right now, before they hire a coach, I yes. guess, like, okay. yeah, like a five. Okay. Middle the road. So,
1: if that coach is Ben Johnson, I'm at, now I'm at like a seven. It goes
2: up to like, yeah, like a seven. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of Drake May. I've not really you know like seen I a lot yeah of we're,
1: I think I haven't done enough work yet but what like so alternative option alternative to Drake May what if they sign Russell Wilson
2: well then I would go down, <laughs> would go down.
1: <laughs> no but like in in an effort like what if they sign Russell Wilson in him with like Marvin Harrison Jr you know what I mean and like now you've no. got Terry McLaurin you no. know what I mean like it's no. one one route you can't I mean, do one... that.
2: you can't, you can't I agree do with that you in terms of where they are like they need this is about like the like hope in the future and vision it's not about like win now that's not the they have the grace period they they are they already have it they don't need like this win now mm, they have the okay. grace period to work with they're going to slow build this thing but slow build i don't say that as in like they might only succeed slowly they might succeed very fast because turnaround happens quicker than we like what if well, and the uh, division
1: looks, you know, what like if Drake may CJ Stroud,
2: you know, uh, not the oh. same kind of player, but that kind of impact
1: or I mean, well, on top of that, but like whatever, but like what if the Cowboys and Eagles are both predictably bad and, you know,
2: yeah, then, and Fought so both firing their coaches in season. <laughs>
1: Or not even in season, like you know, what I'm saying, like well, you, th- there's a yeah. world actually, there's a world where a year from now, Ben Johnson or whoever is the longest tenured head coach in the NFC East. Well, is damal, there not? But,
2: but yes. No, but I that's what I'm think. saying. Like,
1: like the Giants could totally be bad enough to where they. Well, move if it's on
2: in name. season, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I mean, like, if but you yes, to, your, to your point, yes, to your point about playing skill. it right,
1: they they could play this so smoothly, and a year from now, be like sitting
2: absolutely pretty, um, which yep. is frustrating it's terrifying wow. it's not it's not a fun because you know obviously for so many years you could just count on them not being a factor but that's another thing like another point going against both the eagles and the cowboys in the circumstance like you're running it back thinking that the other teams in the division are going to be bad again and you, you know it's and it's either your division or the cowboys division because it's that's how it's been for a while all the commanders are coming they're coming for you know the division title they're gonna make a surge
1: do we have anything else to add Um, before we get to songs. Anything? We could do songs and then conference championship picks if you'd like, but anything else? Anything important? No. Um, I just saw a tweet um, from an hour ago for us that uh, the Commanders and Falcons are both expected to send a contingent to Detroit next week to interview both Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. So, Hmm. I'd be less afraid of Aaron Glenn. Former Cowboy Aaron Glenn, but, you know. Um, Do you want to do songs or picks first? Yeah, what's Rachel's song? Rachelle's song is a, a banger. Uh, wow. She went with Upgrade You by Beyonce. Let me upgrade you. Strong. What's your song? I'm going to go with, um, I've told this story before, hmm. but I heard this song and this on the album in question. I think you will appreciate this. Uh, in high school, obviously. And I had never seen the movie Dirty Dancing. And then, when I saw that movie, maybe like five or six years later, the line was said, and I was like, "That's the fallout boy song um mm. nobody nobody puts baby in a quarter. um I love that song, so going with that. do you know what movie that's from? Um, I know there's a Fallout Boy song in that movie, Dogtown, um the skateboarding movie
2: no, I like what movie the line of the song is from
1: i Did you not hear the story that I just told literally no, five I seconds listening. Or Oh, my gosh. I literally told a story that I had heard this song. I had never seen Dirty Dancing. And then when I saw Dirty Dancing, like five or six years, I hope everybody heard this sequence because this was really <laughs> frustrating. I literally just told this story. that Have when you seen it, the when, movie? Yeah. I just told you twice that when I saw the movie, that when Patrick Swayze says, says it, I went, that's the song. That's the Fallout Boy song. So nobody puts mm. baby
2: in a corner is my song. I totally was going to say another Patrick Swayze. I thought it was. I was. Con- um, what's the word? When you, I was conflating. I was conflating that with Ghost.
1: Oh, that's a horrible. Um, well, actually, I've never seen the movie, but my wife and I saw the
2: Broadway show and it was bad. And it makes me not want to at all see the movie. That's the one where he's like, uh, they're like molding the clay together. Anyway, Uh, my song this week is by Thursday and it's Understanding in a Car Crash. It's more of like a up-tempo song, I would say. Hardcore. It's a hardcore song for the hardcore listeners. For the hardcore yeah. listeners out there, you know, smash that subscribe button, will you? <laughs> <laughs> um, on both the com or Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel and the blogging the boys YouTube channel. Uh, we're a, we're a review few, and rating.
1: We're a few weeks away from having to put some Usher songs on here.
2: Yeah. We are. What's your favorite Usher song? I mean, I just said it. No, that's not true. I think uh it's tough. It's really I tough. mean,
1: it depends what like kind of usher you're in the mood for. Like confessions is obviously great.
2: Burn is great. I was great. gonna say I think it has to be con- it's I mean it's confession between confessions and burn for me, but I'm gonna say confessions.
1: Um caught up is a great usher song, kind of an up tempo one. Um I'm gonna spoil it now. The Usher song I'm gonna put on there though is DJ got us Falling in love. Wow. If you're if you're in the right mood and that song comes on, bang. Um wow. Okay, so conference championship game picks. Uh, we will discuss these games at length with our buddy Steven Serta. Did you look mm-hmm. um, Did our same game parlay hit? I don't think it did.
2: No, what? I don't think we went 0 for 3.
1: Again? Wow. Um, well, uh, we'll do, for the purposes of just information, um, AFC championship game up first. The Chiefs are in Baltimore. First AFC championship game ever in Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites at home. It did open at three, so they've picked up a half
2: point in the few days since. Patrick Mahomes is—he just refuses to lose. That's what <laughs> I was told. Hang
1: on, I, before you go any further, I got a slack from Pete Sweeney today for us on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was—he um, said, "Got to say that was the first one," and then the second one was some big capital RTL vibes in Buffalo, first time all year, scary.
2: Huh? RTL. 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 Refuse to lose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that's a common um, but seriously it's just the inevitability of him is for real. It doesn't mean he can't lose, but it's just it's hard to bet against it. And I know Lamar won. Congrats to him last week for avoiding becoming literally the worst quarterback in NFL history and playoff winning percentage ever. Uh, well, I don't know ever, but he would be currently the worst if he had lost. So he didn't. I took him to win. You thought he was gonna not cover. You guaranteed he wouldn't cover. He did cover. Uh I am going to take the Chiefs and Mahomes outright.
1: Uh so, so you'll obviously take the points. Um the Ravens are terrifying. Um I mean
2: like really, really, really terrifying. Omar doesn't have to play well. That's the reality. Their defense is that good.
1: I mean he didn't new, play well. He did play well the, last week. They're the new but, Eagles, uh in that sense. Um what? Yeah, like J- Jalen played horrible the first half of the season, and they won anyway. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. I mean, just you know, they're so hard to not believe in and not buy in. I will say my uh cup is very full on the Harbaugh, who's got it better than us thing. Like we we lived that 11 years ago when they met in the Super Bowl. We don't have to be told that they used to say this or they say this still, whatever, all the time. Like you know, it's cool. Like there are other elements that we can explore. Here I don't really get it. I think it was just, like, them embracing, like, their circumstances as a family, like, when, when they used to say it a long time ago, which I think is really cool and empowering. Um, and so I like it as a, as a creed, but, again, we've heard it a lot, is all I'm saying, you know?
2: Just- I think, I mean, I get it now. that you're, I get it, but at the same time, like, it's not, it's too, conf- it's not obvious enough. <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> uh, so, okay, so we differ there. The NFC Championship game. This opened, I think, at six and a half. Um, the Detroit Lions are seven-point underdogs on the road against the 49ers. Um, much like his foil, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, bit of a coward, has some coward mm-hmm. tendencies that almost bit mm-hmm. him in the butt during the division yeah. round of the playoffs. I will go first. And yeah. I like to, I like to refer to an analogy called the baby in a construction zone where sometimes you have to not know better, you know what I mean? To like thrive and have success. And Dan Campbell is, has the same effect going on, but just because he, he has like, he has like bliss that he can turn on. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's just like a, I don't need to know. I don't care about the circumstances or what's at stake. Like I'm just going to be me. He has an incredible amount of self-confidence that I really respect and admire. There's just no way. Like I, if I have to bet on like, who's going to, trust what they have more it's dan campbell and i'm gonna take the Lions.
2: oh it's tough because but,
1: sorry quickly i gave uh my son I, i've given him a, a set of mini helmets for the entire nfl and on monday night i presented the conference championship games in my two hands and i asked him to pick the two winners right it's a bit that a lot of people do he picked mm. the ravens and the lions
2: rematch of that whatever it was like week 10 game
1: and the Justin Tucker 400 yard field goal game.
2: True. Hmm. This is tough because the depot injury looms large. I think mm-hmm. even if he does suit up, I don't know if he's gonna be able to play the whole game or you know handle a normal role that he would have. Lions run defense this season. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember. I haven't looked enough into the Lions. Like, know if it's still this way. But I remember very early in the season, I, I knew someone who was betting the under on running backs going up against the Lions like every week and making money off of it because the Lions run defense is really good. And that's a really good matchup for this team because you can shut down the Lions running or the 49ers running game, which is easier said than done. But if you can do that and Brock Purdy has to throw the ball a lot. I know the rain impacted him. But still, if you make Brock Purdy throw the ball a lot, man, he was he was begging to throw a pick six. He wanted someone to pick six him so bad in that Packers game. It didn't happen. So, I don't want to react to that. Is he the fourth best quarterback left right now? Like, he's third at best, right? Like, it's
1: just a matter. Like, who would you take right now? Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? I I, I think, think they both are, I mean, are like, extensions of their head candidate? coaches. Like, I, I, think, yeah. I think Goff is more willing to trust what's around him, and I think Purdy's gotten a little,
2: like, you know, a little shy and a little, you know, skittish. I think Goff has made a higher uh quantity of high, uh, high quality throws while also putting the ball in harm's way less i think mm. Brock has done a worse job of putting the ball in harm's way so um yeah i'll take the lions too screw it i feel like i can't, I can't wait to tell their stats. vibes are good and i don't know i just i feel like they might actually do this thing i feel like they might actually win the super bowl like they just they feel like they this is a their year kind of team Well, you said that
1: about San Francisco as well. Like you said, it was, it it, it, it has been, it has been their year. Like, but it's their year. There are two types of their years in my mind. One, their year is your own accord. Like everything you're doing is your year. The other is like everything around you is your year. And the Niners seem like at least lately more of the latter where the Lions seem Mm. more more of the former.
2: I will say it is cool to me. And we can talk about this more in DJ football, I guess, but to spoil that. And if you don't listen to it, I think it sounds obvious because they're literally the two teams remaining, but I think either team who goes to the Super Bowl truly deserves it. Because, as I pointed out to you in stats, if the mm-hmm. 49ers make it, they will have literally beaten at least, uh, or they will have literally beaten every team in the NFC who made the NFC playoff picture that side of the, the bracket. They will, the, the 49ers will have beaten every single one of those teams, whether in the regular season. Or in the playoffs. Now they lost to the Rams in Week 18, but who cares? That wasn't a real mm-hmm. game. So, like, that's you deserved it. <laughs> you beat you beat all the other top teams. The only yeah. thing they, the only team that could have a leg to stand on in terms of, like, oh, you didn't beat us, is the Vikings, who you know obviously didn't even make the playoffs. And even if they did, they weren't going to go far with the Nick Mullins or whoever at quarterback. So
1: that's to your pretty point. Cool.
2: He, even the first team out was Seattle, and they beat them. You know what I mean? So, I mean. <clears throat> the and then if the lions make it it's not the same thing but it is like hey the lions couldn't or sorry the 49ers i'm botching this the the eagles couldn't beat the 49ers cowboys couldn't beat the 49ers guess who could beat the 49ers and the the packers couldn't beat the
1: 49ers too like you gotta throw them in there like
2: they got hot and everybody was all in on that um so the lions will if they make it they will have undoubtedly like earned it it's not a matter of you know everyone questioning like when the the saints had their little uh well if you know we Minnesota sort of miracle didn't happen <laughs> the Eagles, like there's none, there's none of that it's whatever team that goes to the super bowl like 100% unquestionably deserves it
1: i also think that Lamar has it we did a a segment on the radio on on Tuesday like who has the most to gain from all this I think it's Lamar and the Ravens really the Ravens as a whole because if the Ravens win this Super Bowl now all of a sudden you've got three in 28 years which is just incredible obviously Mm -hmm. again given we all know the Ravens history with different quarterbacks too. right John Harbaugh has two so now he's like really in the discussion for like you know top whatever 10 coaches of all time which is you know there's a lot of great coaches in NFL history and lamar not that like uh, like one super bowl is like a easily conquerable thing but now you like if if there is a true like you know challenger from mahomes lamar's gonna get the second mvp right we we agree on that and so you know lamar would have two mahomes would have two and if the ravens in the super bowl lamar would have a super bowl and and mahomes would again i say only relatively speaking, but like only have two, like, you know what I mean? Like it's not Burrow, it's not Allen, it's not, you know, Mac Jones or whoever, like it's Lamar. That is who the answer is. And it would be the most like from a resume standpoint, equal, you know, top two quarterbacks we've seen. Cause there was never any like, you know, balance to Peyton and and Brady, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was so one-sided from a resume standpoint.
2: I'm so glad you just brought that up because that's the case if Lamar loses, right? Lamar at that point, it's like Lamar's Peyton regular season king, but you know in the playoffs, Brady and Mahomes, like those are the guys who are going to come through.
1: If we acknowledge that Mahomes is Brady, who I think I know, Allen wants to be Peyton so badly, he's not. I think Burrow stood a chance, and if they don't, sounds like
2: Philip Rivers kind of.
1: Oh gosh, I don't think you're wrong, but that's <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, um, but and so that would make burrow ben roethlisberger i guess uh no he's better than that well they had some some moments oh and they never really i know yeah Um, he
2: had good years but like burrow's at a different level i think than that wow i don't i don't know the comp there has to be a good one just kind of blanking um joe flacco he's joe flacco that's who he is i thought about that yeah yeah
1: Wow. he's he's, yeah. he's not Eli Um, I'll say that um, no we're talking about <laughs> no okay Um, uh, very exciting we'll talk about it more on Friday on TGI football for now we bid you adieu and as we do Brandon you told us that you were going to sing a song on the way out so go ahead I'm sick man I'm not going to sing a song then say uh, any com- <laughs> say any three words
2: any one word
0: Learn more today at sas.com/slash More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this: high quality leads, fast closing deals